0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. From Java Chapman and for Kevin Farrell this morning with Ryder Taff. Portfolio manager and new perspectives. Writer is a charter financial analyst and hosts a certificate in investment performance measurement from the CFA Institute. Now today is one of our popular shows and I have a question for you. Do you have a My Social Security account? Now after listening this morning, you'll learn why you need one if you don't have one. Our guest is a district manager for Social Security, Sean Mercer, who is a fantastic resource here on Money Talks that we have from time to time to answer your questions. Personally, also, Ryder, he is here, like I said, ready for your personal finance questions. Good morning, Ryder. How you doing, man? Good morning, Java. I'm doing well. Yeah, it's the um, end of the first, well, we finished the first week of May. And um, what financial news do you have for us to share?
1: Well, uh, it's continued to be a very rough market. We had a pretty bad down day last Friday. Also, yesterday, Monday, uh, back back to the trading week was was another down day. A lot of the discussion is about inflation, unexpectedly high inflation, which is what we've been seeing all year. And that's really weighs on the market. We say over the long term, inflation in the market, it, it's good for the market. The market doesn't really care. I mean, it's just you get inflation. That happens and, and the market continues to grow. Um, but this unexpected, this unexpectedly high inflation is bad for the market, but it just get throws a whole lot of a lot of things into question, a lot of uncertainty there, which the market does not like. So we do have some new numbers coming out tomorrow, but I just kind of wanted to preview what has been happening over the past year, what's been driving those numbers. Obviously, gasoline prices, everyone's seen it it's gone from 250 to $4. It's moderated a lot, you know, so you can see gas for 350, 360, 370. That's a little bit down. So that may take a little bit of the edge off of off of the inflation numbers if that has stayed low enough while they are measuring it. And also home prices, home prices, uh, rent kind of as they call it, home and shelter related services. Those have been very high. And so I kind of looked at how much those contribute. If those moderate a bit, we would expect to see maybe one to one and a half percent come off that inflation number off that year number Uh, for energy. If that comes down a little bit, that that contributed almost a quarter of all of the inflation so hopefully there's a couple of things easing there but we don't know until the numbers come out what what the overall situation looks like
0: now i think just a couple of days ago i guess correct me if i'm wrong the fed announced that the interest rates yes are so about to
1: change. yes so the federal reserve raised the short-term interest rates they control they they influence have a big influence <laughs> on the shorter end of the interest rate so the overnight market really is is where they're at but of course Overnight is not a whole lot different from a couple days, is not a whole lot different from a couple weeks or months. So, and also they did announce that they're going to stop by, uh, start selling off their longer term bonds. It's questionable how much they really influence those longer term rates. Think about your mortgage rate. It's questionable that they influence that a lot, even though they did do a lot of buying of those. So it's not going to be great for that market, uh, certainly. The idea is that they're raising rates to, make money a little bit more expensive so that people will perhaps pull back a little bit on the spending. uh, Companies will invest just a little bit less. It will get a little bit – taking a little bit of money out of the system to ease that inflation. It's all about easing that inflation. And it's a very delicate tightrope they have to walk because a lot of this inflation has been because of these huge geopolitical events, um, the war in Ukraine and restrictions on on oil and gas coming out of there that caused a lot of the price rise. Uh, yes, prices were increasing in gasoline, but they went up a dollar the week the Russia invaded Ukraine. So let's not let's not pretend that that didn't have an impact. And and no matter how high the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, they're not going to stop the war. Right, the, the interest rates are not going to stop. The war. Interest rates are not going to stop people from Airbnb-ing out their houses and not putting them back on the market for folks to buy. Um, interest rates are not going to get factories back running if all the workers are out because they're sick with COVID or they've moved on to other jobs, or they're just there's just not the workers there. So it's it's a real fine line they have to walk because so much of this is just actual physical problems in the real world that that need to be worked out.
0: Now, I guess from everything that you just said, um, what people need to know about their wallet is you're going to be spending a little bit more out of it, no matter if you're going for a mortgage or mm-hmm. you're going for that loaf of bread. That's true. But in your opinion, just, you know, before we bring Sean on, um, when we, we see things to kind of slide back down? So uh, a
1: couple things here. One, does the, reward, does, the, <laughs> no,
0: does the war just have to end or is something, you I know, think
1: that would certainly help because. There's there's a lot of concerns about agricultural products coming out of Russia and Ukraine that either are not being produced. We have less access to obviously commodities and um, mining and and um, oil. Uh, Materials that uh, come out of Russia, but just a couple of things. One, inflation is deeply personal. The way you spend money is not the same way that someone else is spending money. And if you've bought a house ten years ago and you're not moving, then you you have really phenomenally low housing expenses. Um, so and if you don't if you don't drive a lot, then then that you know dollar rising in gas prices not a big deal to you, so it is deeply personal, but also just because inflation stops rising does not mean prices start falling now, things like energy and food are fair energy is very volatile the price of gasoline we see it go up and down every day we look at it and we see it on the big signs so that the the fall in price of gasoline would be. You would see that in lower, lower inflation. That would be an actual, this is a lower price. But a lot of times people, I I like to think about it in terms of the housing market. People are always like, oh, well, I'm just going to wait until housing prices go down. I I, I don't know that that's a good strategy. Like we were, we are building more houses and there are, they are, it looks like they're staying on the market a little bit longer, but it's not, this is not an extreme thing where the house prices are going to they might stop increasing. They might stop increasing quite so quickly, uh, but go down is a whole nother matter.
0: Yeah, when it comes to the houses I've I've heard that um, it is an extreme sellers market. So, if you got a house and you're looking to put it on the market, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you 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 could walk away really nicely. <laughs> it is a
1: wild time to be in the housing market on either side and I do not envy anybody participating in that.
0: Yeah. Well, Ryder Taff, he is here, like you he said, um the way you spend your money is deeply personal, and if you have a personal finance question, you can um call and talk with Ryder this morning, but we also have our good friend Sean Mercy who is district manager for the uh, social security administration here to answer your social security questions money talks we try to bring you some great resources not just uh, you know a search function on a a Google machine or something like that so um, Sean good morning how you doing today good morning you all I'm doing well good morning Sean well we're here to talk about some of the great features of the website ssa.gov if anybody needs that that's ssa.gov now Sean one opportunity on the social security website is the my social security account Um, for someone who needs this explanation can you tell us all about it
2: sure Uh, great question and everyone all of our listeners need a my social security account whether or not you're receiving benefits or you're not receiving benefits and still in the workforce there's something on there for everyone so what about those individuals out there who are still in the workforce and uh, why would they need one it's got a lot of information on there such as your Social Security statement that tells you what you paid in and what your benefits would be so you can use that as a financial tool to prepare for your future you can get a replacement social security card in some instances there where you are not changing anything you just need a replacement card we're able to uh, link up some information through the department of motor vehicles and uh, replace a social security card if you are not changing your name or have a date of birth issue or anything like that so those are some options that are great for people who are not receiving benefits but what about our listeners out there who are already receiving benefits why do they need an account well, there's tons of stuff you can do on there, such as getting a replacement 1099, changing your address, changing your direct deposit, as well as getting a replacement Social Security card if you needed that. So, if our listeners out there are doing any type of online banking or any type of Internet transactions, then the My Social Security account is a great tool for them to have. It's real easy to navigate around on and something for them to use and verify their benefits or get information on there. So great for all of our listeners out there. You can access that, as you told them, through socialsecurity.gov. And we want to make sure that our listeners out there this morning always remember when you're looking at any federal agency, not just Social Security, it could be Medicare, it could be the IRS, all of the federal agencies end in .gov. So socialsecurity.gov right down on the left-hand side of the page is a – a place where you can click on your My Social Security account and it'll lead you through that to set that up.
0: Yes, uh, Sean, I learned that pretty early. Um, .gov are your official government sites, because if it's .com, .org, no matter how much social security it says. It's a scam, (laughs) driver.
1: Don't click on it.
0: I mean, you know, healthcareadministration.com is not official, no matter how many seals or, um, you know, symbols that they have on the website. So you are looking for that .gov. Now, Sean, before we take our first break, tell us what we may need to set up uh, my social security account.
2: Okay, all your personal information, and um, such as name, date of birth, social security numbers, things like that, then also we're going to get a little personal with you, and the agency has contracted with uh, one of the major credit bureaus, so we may ask you a question about a prior car note or a prior home loan and get just a little deeper into your personal finances so that we know in this instance it's java on the other end of that computer and so if it happens you happen to miss uh... cue one of those questions answer it wrong it may cause you to contact your local office and for us to walk you through that and get you a, a pin and password to, temporary to get you set up We would rather be safe than sorry. Some people get kind of frustrated with us about that because they didn't answer one, were unable to answer one of the questions. They couldn't remember what their...
0: like their first
1: car, or if they stayed on this street. in uh, right. exactly. <laughs> What was exactly. the color of the car that was parked across the street from your apartment in 1996
2: well, on a windy day? I don't know that it goes that deep, Ryder, but it does get pretty complicated for some of our uh, individuals. But no fear, contact your local office, and we should be able to work you through that and get you set up again. I tell people all the time we would rather be safe than sorry and get you set up correctly instead of us setting up an account for someone incorrectly and allowing access to some records that they don't belong to. So, uh, again, socialsecurity.gov, bottom left-hand side of the page. Click on that My Social Security icon and get started.
0: That's right. A little frustration on the front end makes the back end that much smoother. If you have a question for our experts, you can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll continue our discussion about the Social Security Administration with our guest Sean Mercer after the break. Also, Ryder Taff is here for your personal finance questions. Social Security has released the top baby names for 2021, and we'll learn what's hot and what's not next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
3: Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life's disruptions. Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MTV Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app.
0: You're listening to Money Talks, our website moneytalks.mpbonline.org is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB public media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. I am Java Chapman, along with Ryder Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Now, Social Security, they they do a lot of things, including keep up with all the names of baby names in America each year. Now, 2021, the most popular boy names in the U.S. were Liam, Noah, Oliver, Elijah, and James. Um, Now, in Mississippi, William and John were included in the top five, knocking out Liam in Oliver, I can honestly say I don't know any Liam's, right? Do you know any Liam's or Oliver's?
1: I do know some, I do know at least one Oliver. Okay. I, I don't. And now I'm going to have a friend named Liam call me and be like, like, (laughs) (laughs) why did you not remember me?
0: (laughs) Now, the most popular girl names in the U.S. were Olivia, Emma, Charlotte, Amelia, and Ava. Um, In Mississippi, Kinsley and Harper were included in the top five, knocking out Emma and Charlotte. I can, I know. Okay, yeah. I don't think I know any Harpers. I
1: don't. Mm, okay. But she's like 15 now. Oh, okay. So it's not a it's not it's not one of our 2021 Harpers. Now we're here today with guest
0: Sean Mercer, district manager for the Social Security Administration, and we actually have a phone call um, that we're going to go to right now. A very important question when it comes to Social Security. Uh, we have Robbie in Peru, uh, who's going to ask this question. Good morning, Robbie.
3: Good morning. How's everybody doing?
0: Going fine, sir. How are things in Peru?
3: They're wonderful. We're getting ready to go into winter, which is the dry season, which I like. <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> Very nice. Now, what's, um, your, what's your question? I
3: moved to Peru in 2020 and plan to stay here. I'll turn 66 and a half in February of 24. Do I need, can I have a me account? Can I file for my Social Security online? Do I need to go to the embassy in Lima, or do I need to fly back to the states?
2: Well, that's a good question, Robbie, one we don't have often on here. But what you could do is file online. I think on there it's going to ask you about your, your uh, address and your uh, actual residence and those... Uh, claims are going to be handled out of our central office in Baltimore, and if they needed something for you to go into the local embassy uh, and verify something there, if we can't do everything over the internet are over the telephone by talking with you, then we may have that as a backup option. But I would be, think you'd okay. be able to do that online to begin with, and then we would go forward from there. So that's not okay. something very many people think about, but we do deal with people all around the world that have worked here and may not be living inside our borders at the time they file.
3: Correct. One more question. At 66 and a half in February of 24, when would I file? Would it be February or could I file earlier than that?
2: You could file earlier. You could go ahead and file in January and uh, that would be fine. That would give us plenty of time to get things started. A lot of people think they need to file way in advance, but uh, usually 45 days, is plenty of time for us to get things done, so I would put it on my calendar and uh, right after the first of the year, go ahead and file that claim and let us get started for you and uh, get your benefits set up, and they would be direct deposit, so make sure you have that information handy as to how you're going to want those checks uh, sent to a financial institution.
1: Sean, how far in advance can you file, or is there a limit?
2: Good question there, Ryder. And yes, there is a limit. So we aren't going to take a claim over 90 days in advance. And uh, so some people get confused about that because if an individual turns 62 today on May the 10th, their first check is not due till June, the first month that he or she is fully, uh, fully uh, age 62. So that June check is not going to come till July. Social Security checks run a month behind. you got to live the entire month to receive the check the following month. So that's why I tell people such as Robbie there that by doing it in January in his instance there, that we will have plenty of time to get his benefits deposited mm-hmm. in his account on time when they're due.
3: Got it. Okay. Thank you for the information. Yes, sir.
0: Well, appreciate your call, Robbie, and uh, thank you for continuing to listen, even as you are overseas. Robbie's called into a number of our shows, including uh, Deep South Dining just yesterday. Now, Sean, like Robbie, he was going to use the um, Social Security website um, to handle a big chunk of the work, if not all. Um, Would you say that the Social Security website, ssa.gov, is the best way to um, handle your Social Security business?
2: Yes, it is. If someone feels comfortable doing that, and we understand that all of our listeners out there aren't wanting to use the Internet, I would say the next best option is for them to give us a call. And let us talk, especially for our listeners here in Mississippi, that uh, calling one of our offices here. But really, anyone that's listening, to call your local office if there's not something you want to do over the Internet and then discuss what your uh, issues are. Very few things we actually have to have an individual visit a local office for. Our offices are open, uh, but... If you can do everything over the telephone, it may save you a trip. We just got through talking about inflation and high gas prices. And for a lot of people, they don't live next door to the Social Security office, even though we have... Uh, uh, over 20 in Mississippi, it may be a 35 or 45-minute drive. Well, why not give us a call? Let us see if we can handle that information over the telephone for you. So Internet is the best way. You can file for retirement, file for disability, file for Medicare, survivor benefits, uh, SSI. All that can be done over the Internet. However, it may be something where you have a specific question concerning a replacement social security card, things like that. I would always encourage someone to call their local office. We answer the phone lines from 9 to 4, Monday through Friday, even answer them through lunch. And I tell people, you know, middle of the day, middle of the week is the best time to try to contact Social Security. Our phones are usually a lot busier earlier in the mornings than they are later in the afternoons. So if it's not an emergency, have someone give us a call and see if we can answer your question or if you're going to have to come in, let's make sure you've got all your proper documents so that you make one trip and you're done. But most of the time, we can help you over the telephone and save you that drive.
0: I'm glad you said this, Sean, because that's one important thing about going to uh, the Social Security Administration and really any kind of government um, uh, places. You want to make sure that you have all your paperwork so you can just make one trip. There are so many things that you need to have, especially like you want to make sure that you, know, you have everything that you need, all your um, identification and uh, proper paperwork so you can get your uh, issue resolved or your problem solved. So, yeah, calling over the phone um, is a is a nice nice tip to make sure that you have everything. You can only make one trip, but let's go to the phones and speak with Dorothy in Meridian. Good morning, Dorothy. Good morning. What's your um, question for us this morning?
3: Okay, I, I drew my uh, social security uh, soon after I reached 65. My husband, my first husband, who had worked all of his life, died when he was 62 and never received any benefits. And when I went to apply, they didn't mention whether or not I could get his benefits. Then two years later, I married again, and my husband got his benefits, and then he died. But nobody ever told me whether or not you can get your deceased husband's benefits. So
0: I've heard of people getting it. Is it true?
2: All right, Dorothy, good question there. So yes, to answer your question, you can draw be- possibly draw benefits off a of deceased spouse. Now, your current mar- marital status may play a part in whether or not you're eligible for those benefits. So we're always looking at age and your current marital status to do that. So just because your neighbor may be drawing widows benefits doesn't necessarily mean you may draw widows benefits. Yes. We've got to look at your age and your marital status. But you also yeah. mentioned something else there where you are twice widowed and you dental. may have the possibility of drawing benefits off either spouse. So I would encourage you to contact your local office and let us check that for you. It doesn't take anything to see. Now, it would be us looking to see if you can draw higher benefits and it is off one or the other. It's the higher of the two. And it would be in addition to what you were already receiving off your own work record. So a lot of moving parts there and a lot of if, ands, and buts. But, yes, you can draw widow's benefits. And while we're talking about that, that is gender neutral. That can be widow or widower's benefits. So you could have a, a gentleman out there who has lost two wives and that he, he would fall into the same category. So if we have any of our listeners out there and you're unsure about that, you can contact your local office and we can look that up and see if we need to possibly take a claim. If Because on every time we take a claim, it's our job to look and make sure we're paying you the highest benefit off of the information that you've given us. And if something changes after you've drawn those benefits, I tell people all the time, if you have what I call a life changing event, you have a death of a spouse or something like that, you might want to check with Social Security to see if that's going to change your benefits, if there's another uh, possible record that you may be entitled to benefits off of there. So give your local office call. All that can be handled over the telephone, and we can check that for you.
3: Okay. Thank you so much. It really helps.
2: Okay. Yes,
0: Marshall from Louisville, we're up against the break, so please hold for us as we will continue our discussion about the Social Security Administration in just a bit. Also, we're going to look at the popularity of the names Java and Writer. We'll learn about that from Social Security up next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker.
1: We are uh, You could Drive-In Theater.
2: We're
3: the last operating drive-in in the state of Mississippi.
0: Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi
3: on Mile Marker. Freak me out that you can come and drive your car and park and watch the movie outside.
0: You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast.
1: When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB, the number four, car. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together.
0: money talks is mpb thinks radio's personal finance broadcast i'm java chapman filling in for kevin Ferrell along with writer Taft, portfolio manager new perspective writer is a chartered financial analyst and holds the certificate investment and in performance wait holds the certificate in investment performance measurement from the cfa institute Right, I think I answered this every time. It. That's
1: good enough. What does that mean? The certificate <laughs> in investment performance measurement is very. It's two exams, and I believe you take it over a at least a year period, and it is very specific in how do you measure investment performance. And that is saying, okay, so you started with a thousand dollar account and it went up to $1,200. Did you get a 20% return? It, would you say your return is $200? Well, what if there were fees in there? What if some of that was dividends? What if that was some of that was interest? How long did it take to earn that? So it turns from, oh, well, you know, I got a 20% return into all sorts of different ways. Again, if there are two tests that you take over a year just to study return and you think it was, oh, it's just got a simple 20% return, it, is, it can get so complicated. And it's just so many me- ways of looking at it and measuring it and evaluating people's performance. But
0: you have the certificate, so basically write a tab from new perspectives, Try to financial analyst,
1: and he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Yes, I guess that's <laughs> that's that's the idea.
0: Now uh, we were talking about these names. SSA.gov as a fun lookup tool to learn the popularity of names in the U.S. along with other tools that help you with your Social Security needs. Um, now, I guess Liz, the, our wonderful producer, looked these up, and um, Ryder is a very very popular name for 2021 uh, three. Thousand over three thousand male babies were named Ryder. Wow! Do we know
1: where on the ranking that is? Uh, well, it's. It's. Uh, th- I mean, there are so many people and so many different names. It's less than one percent, but mm-hmm. but it's measurable.
0: That's right. That's now, right. what's not measurable is. My name Java, Java. It's not in the top one thousand names of any
1: year of the birth beginning with two thousand. So just you wait. All these all these people listen to this show, and <laughs> and one day one day they're going to name somebody Java, and it's going to like when I was a kid, nobody was named Ryder, but now it's like you it's said, a, it's a very popular name. So it can it can happen to any of us. Java. Yeah, we'll get of,
3: a we'll get a dog on Paw Patrol named yeah. Java. Out of
1: my <laughs>
0: Life, I've only met one other Java, and she is great wherever she is. Fantastic!
1: (laughs) So, Javas have a good track record. What you're saying?
0: Now, our guest is District Manager for Social Security, Sean Mercer, and we have a great number of calls that we need to get to. So, let's start off in Raymond with Alan. Alan, good morning.
3: Ah, good morning. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Oh. You're not related to the job of the (laughs) hunt.
0: (laughs) No. But I've heard that one all my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
3: Okay. I have a very basic question. I'm going to be 65 in August. I'm getting all this mail, all these different promotions. I don't know exactly. I have my own medical with Cigna. Um, uh, When you choose, do you choose medicare with any uh, medical or you can go with the one you're using
2: all right good question and we get that question a lot alan and it's not something that we can offer really advice for but let me do tell you what we tell people that are turning 65 so you are going to need medicare if you are not working at age 65 or you are your spouse is not working and you're covered by his or her group health plan uh, all right. So if you've got Medicare, then the next question people ask us, well, do I need a supplement? And we, you know, we can't get into that because there are all these companies out there, as you will see, are buying for your business, and that may be something that you choose to go along with your social, with your Medicare. But we want our listeners. The biggest thing, I guess, with your question, we want our listeners to understand is everyone needs Medicare at age sixty-five unless. You are working and covered by a group employer health plan or your spouse is working and they're had you covered by the group employer health plan. That's kinda your free ticket to extend that down the road. And some people get confused and says, Well, I've got a group employer health plan that I carried through to retirement. Well, that doesn't necessarily give you a free ticket. You have to be working or your spouse be still actively working. So uh, all that information that you're getting from uh, private insurance companies or whatever, that's not coming from Social Security. They're getting your name and age from other databases or sources out there. We don't give away any names or dates of birth or anything like that at Social Security. They're getting that from other means of where your name and date of birth are registered, and that's why you're getting all those mailings for those. Uh, Medicare supplemental policies that a lot of people have, and unfortunately we at Social Security can't advise you on uh, choosing one of those.
3: Good Uh, uh, question, Alan.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and Alan...
3: I'm down here, Raymond, a couple
1: of years ago. Well, Alan, I would suggest one very good resource for you is the Medicare & You um, pamphlet, brochure. I'm not sure what to call it, a small booklet. And you can get that at medicare.gov. You can get that by calling the Medicare offices. They will mail you a copy. Uh, and and kind of look through that to understand what what your... What you're going to get into soon. And in there, they have a very useful chart. Just looking at this chart has been so useful for so many of our clients to kind of understand what all these options are because you're right, there are so many supplements. You're getting so much junk mail, promotions, people trying to sell you a Medicare supplement. And and there is a chart that breaks down what each supplement is what they offer how much they cover and so you can look at that and you can say oh well I do need uh, help paying the dollars up to the duct- deductible oh I do need a policy that covers foreign travel or not I do need a policy that covers this and you can find what the best that they all have different letters uh, the best lettered supplement is for you and then you can can go look at the private market, and, and you can determine if you actually need it or not. Some people don't need it. And then determine, look out at the private marketplace, look at all this junk mail you're getting, and say, okay, which one of these fits that need, fits my needs the best, it offers that supplement, has the lowest price, and also... Will will offer the best service to me because it, it, it matters when you need when you have a problem with with your with your health care you have a problem with a claimer you have a problem with something and you need to uh, get a person on the phone that does matter so for instance you mentioned being happy with your Cigna you know maybe they will offer something that does meet your needs but look at that Medicare and you booklet uh, from from the Medicare office or Medicare gov. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate your call, Alan.
0: Uh, Let's stay on the phones. We have a full bank. Like I said, let's talk with Pam in Jackson up next. Good morning, Pam.
3: Good morning. There are TV ads that are mostly about the alternatives to Medicare, but one or more of them says that you may even be able to get more on your Social Security. And I'd like to know what, under what circumstances one would get more under Social Security and whether that would only be under one of those alternative plans.
2: Thank you. Yes, Pam, that is a good question. And if you're watching TV for any length of time, you see those advertisements just run repeatedly. And what they're really talking about there is you can possibly, there are some people with lower incomes that can qualify for what they call State buy-in which allows the Medicaid to pay their Medicare premium so the state actually pays the currently hundred and seventy dollars and ten cents that is a needs-based alternative there but so there are a lot of people who can qualify for that so that's what they're referencing most of the time when they're talking about that because in those cases those individuals see $170.10 currently reinstated back on their original Social Security for the Part B premium. So doesn't really tell you everything there, but it's usually needs-based and certainly can check to see if you qualify with that. But that comes through the Medicaid, the Mississippi Medicaid in our state. And it's called state buy-in, and there is an income and resource limit associated with individuals to be able to receive that help.
0: I'm glad you said that, uh, Sean, because I've seen those ads, too, and I don't know. It's just me and my skeptical nature, I guess. I think they're kind of scammy because I I can, you know, just uh, envision a situation where someone has to pay some money and then it's like, oh, well, you didn't qualify to get the extra money on your Social Security.
2: (laughs) Well, they could check. All of our listeners could check with their local Medicaid offices here in Mississippi to see if they would qualify again. They can do all that by telephone with a local Medicaid office and the Program is called State Buy-In, and what it actually does is help pay the Medicare Part B premium. And we do have a lot of individuals that qualify for that, but it is needs-based and it comes through Medicaid, not through Social Security.
1: That's a great uh, That's a great program to point out. And I guess when you're when you're seeing those ads, keep in mind it's not that they're actually putting more money on your Social Security check. It's just it's just. Someone else is paying something that was deducted already, or they're changing your deduction. So, it's not a it's, it's not like the the SSI benefit is actually changing at all. Correct.
0: We'll continue talking about Social Security after this quick break. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
3: you drive a vehicle then you'll find autocorrect helpful especially on coach charlie's tip of the week listen to our podcast with me coach charlie melton on any podcasting platform or on the mpb public media app
0: We are so pleased you have found our show, Money Talk, some Java Chapman, along with Ryder Tab, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Now, remember, every Tuesday at 10 a.m., you can listen live to in legal terms on MPB Think Radio, which is coming up next. Now, our guest today is Sean Mercer, District Manager for the Social Security Administration. And let's continue on the phones as we talk with John in Mobile. Good morning, John.
3: Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I'm, I'm work, helping a couple of relatives who are in their 70s, and they have a universal life insurance policy, and they're interested in cashing it out or cashing it in, and they're worried about the impact on Social Security. I, I don't know anything about it, and I'm trying to get informed. So any insight you might have about that kind of a life insurance, or I guess it's a life insurance policy? Mm-hmm. and the relationship to Social Security and tax.
1: Yeah. So, what will happen when you surrender a whole life or a universal life policy is that you'll get whatever cash value is left in there. And some of that cash value will count as income to you uh, or to the person who's cashing it in. So, that will just add to your income. That adds to your tax situation. That can impact your Medicare premiums. That can impact tax withholding. If it's just a temporary, thing, and if it's not significant, that really shouldn't be a problem, but that does kind of uh, spur another good question uh, for people. For Sean is that f- for one time when you have a one time impact on your income like that, how do you make sure that your Medicare premium reflects your real income and that your your social security withholding reflects your real income and and that that really doesn't have an impact
2: well. Great question there, Ryder, and there are a few exclusions, but cashing out a a policy probably would not prevent them if it was a large policy. And what we're talking about is an increased Medicare premium that you may have to pay because of your adjusted gross income, and that happens. Two years after the actual event. So, right now, when we're looking at the income, uh, the premiums for Medicare for 2022, it's actually based on the tax return from 2020. So, there are some exclusions. Was there a death? Was there a, a, a job a change? Something like that. So, someone can ask for that. Uh, exclusion, but we have to look at that and see. The normal selling or cashing in of an asset usually is going to possibly call for a higher Medicare premium. The good thing is it's only for 12 months if it's only a one-time event, and then, because they look at that every year, so we do see people that have those large, uh, I guess, windfalls where they sell a piece of property, they cash in an asset such as John's talking about here, that may impact their Medicare premium two years later. So there's really maybe no way to avoid that. But to kind of get to John's question, it does not affect the monthly benefit of Social Security as far as the payment. It may only affect the amount they pay for Medicare. So a lot of people get confused that Social Security may be income based and once an individual starts receiving for instance, retirement benefits. That's based on what he or she worked and paid in. We hope that they have other assets or other income out there that go along with that. It's not needs-based. We do administer a program called supplemental security income that is needs-based that does have an impact on things like that. But I think John's talking about individuals that are probably drawing just retirement social security. And so they would only be looking at that increased Medicare premiums on uh, IRMA. Medicare.gov is a good place to visit. They do have the increased monthly Medicare adjustments on there, and you can look to see where and how those start, depending on an individual filing a joint or single tax return, and it'll kind of walk you through that.
3: that that's exactly what did Both these people are in their 70s. And, right, one last question. Do you, do you ever – are those policies typically cashed out in a lump sum or can it be done over time with a small like monthly payment?
1: Typically we see those done in a lump sum. I don't think I have ever seen or helped anybody with doing one over time, but I it, I do believe it's possible uh, because there are folks who do take loans against those or so they there may be a partial surrender, but that would just be uh, that would be contract specific okay thank you both very much absolutely yes thank you for your call
0: John let's stay on the phones and talk with Mike and Hernando Uh, good morning Mike what's your question this morning Mike are you there with us all uh, well, right, I think Mike had a Medicare uh, benefits question, not how specific it was, um, but if you could talk about, uh, well, Liz, we actually have an email that we um, wanted to get to before the end of the show.
1: Okay, Sean, we got an email from Edward. He says, when I checked my Social Security statement, I noticed that my reported income amount to Social Security is always lower than what I reported on my income taxes. The wage amount is entered correctly on my income taxes, but is reported lower to Social Security. Why? And what can I do about that, or who do I need to talk about this? I did talk with someone at Social Security, but she said the amount they receive from the IRS and Social Security has nothing to do with the amount being lower.
2: Okay, so kind of a complicated question and I'm sure he may need to talk with his tax preparer or tax professional about that because there are things where you can withhold such as health insurance premiums or things like that that may adjust the amount that you're actually paying tax FICA taxes on. So we're getting into an accounting type question there. But what we want to make sure is number one that his earnings are being reported correctly based on any income that he has paid FICA taxes on. And there may be some instances where, depending on if he's a W-2 employee or whether he's self-employed, as to how there may be some deductions coming out of that where he's actually paying less on the dollar amount for FICA. Because that's what we're looking at on that Social Security Statement is what's being paid in. And while we're on that, Everyone needs to look on that Social Security statement to look at uh, to make sure that you've got all your earnings posted. And like Edward there, we want to make sure that those earnings are correct, especially if you've worked for more than one employer, that all of them are posted because it doesn't break it out. Uh, say if you worked for three employers last year, it only gives one figure. So Edward may check with his uh, financial person, a uh, tax accountant, and let's double check that. And then if there's a problem, then we, we could work with your local office with some W-2s to look and see to make sure that we've got everything posted correctly. All
0: right, Sean, real quickly, give us that phone number for um, the Social Security if people don't want to necessarily visit ssa.gov.
2: Our national 1-800 number is 1-800-772-1213. Or if they would go in socialsecurity.gov forward slash locator and you can type in your zip code and it will give you your local office and we answer those phones from 9 to 4 Monday through
0: Friday well we appreciate you Sean as always for helping us out this morning Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio and is funded in part by generous financial support from our listener now to hear today's show or previous shows it's moneytalks.mpbonline.org for writer tab producer Liz Gill, I'm Java Chapman And this has been Money Talks right here on MPB Think Radio.
3: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.